Oh, Craig. You know, we were chatting for so long, I forgot my <laughs> song. It was something, it was a Rolo TV jingle. And now I don't remember how it goes. I was like, okay, what are you waiting for? And then, and then I was like, uh, did I did I scare him with my Here. with my Craig? Like, was let it a little aggressive? If, I'll just like, play the actual Rolo jingle. Okay. Okay, hold on. Oh no, wait, it's not gonna work because I have headphones on. So, whatever. It's whatever. Rolo, it's Rolo Rolo something. Yeah, I don't know. This is pretty much perfect for our one-year anniversary podcast. This is the kind of garbage people have gotten used to. I can't believe we've been doing this for a year. but And look at this. We have something very big to talk about. This is the one-year anniversary podcast of Podcast Versus Everyone. I am still Craig Powers, and Jeff Neusser is with me, as always. Still, Jeff Neusser. Yeah, 66, man. 66 damn episodes and since that first episode we now have a new basketball coach a new baseball coach and a new football coach (laughs) new that's like perfect man we got like we were worried about having stuff to talk about yeah (laughs) it's well and what's hilarious is uh i don't know maybe it's just the timing of of us uh starting new things but when uh when we decided to start Coog Center, that's when Paul Wolf was hired. Well, Paul Wolf was hired before we started Coog Center, but you know the, that that's basically what it was: new coach, new website, you know, whatever. Um, and then within uh, within the first year of of Coog Center existing, Tony Bennett left. So that was great. <sighs> so great. Place a basketball coach, and so now ten years later, eleven years later, here we are, and yeah, we're. Another, we're on our, we're now on our third football coach, and our uh, fourth basketball coach since Coog Center started. Maybe that's how we should mark the years. Third baseball coach. Third baseball coach, right? Yeah, I think. I, I think, think Farrington was the coach when we started. And Marbit. Yeah, and then Marbit and Marbit was. Also, there for it's a fourth while, baseball and... coach. So, so who's in between? Who am I missing? Lee's. Yeah, yeah. So, oh yeah, yeah, duh. Yes. So there we go. Maybe Marbit was a coach. And I don't know. Uh, Man, I don't. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. How about that? Been around a while. We've got something exciting to talk about. Yeah, Rolo. Rolo. I, went to- I don't even remember. How much did we talk about him like when Leach left and we you know, I think got, we spent- on, got on board with Michael? Did we talk I think much we spent about five, him? Maybe five minutes. Because I don't feel like we talked about him very much. Yeah. But then between then and so we're recording this Tuesday night uh, between then and Monday night when the news broke. I know that uh, I and a lot of other people were were hearing about a lot of momentum for Rolovich. And so um, I went from not really thinking a whole lot about him. I think I was pretty if I if I remember right, I was pretty hard uh going for uh brian harson i think that's who i was i, I was sort of uh rooting for at yep. that point and you know was kind of he was kind of my main guy we talked obviously a lot about alex grinch because of you know all the you know the obvious connection there uh but as you know as the week wore on and we got into the weekend and and i was talking to people and other people were talking to people uh it was pretty clear that everything was kind of pointing to rolovich and uh, the more I looked at him and the more I checked up on on his sort of his track record and what he would bring to the table. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm fucking fired up, dude. 
Yeah, one of the things that um, Preston mentioned, I because yeah, I mentioned his offense. Preston made a nice point um, during that podcast. I think through the uh, Burn Barley Stout Haze that I was in um, was uh, <laughs> uh, that he basically was making something out of nothing in Hawaii, and that's the kind of coach that obviously Chun knows to look for. Um, and uh, kind of coach what you need in Pullman, um, a coach who can uh, be successful while being at a uh, a resource disadvantage compared to their peers. And yeah. obviously, Kyle Smith was a clear uh, hire there. And then and now we see uh, uh, Rolovich is the same vein. So you know, after after we kind of were we kind of heard over the weekend that it, it was really looking like Rolovich, you kind of thought, like, yeah, this really makes a lot of sense. Like he's, yeah, he, he, he's proven to take a program that was really bad under Chow in, in Hawaii and then turned it around in four years to the point where they're playing in their conference championship game and they win 10 games. Uh, I'll, I'll they played 15, but that's what happens in Hawaii when you have a championship game. They get an extra game. <laughs> they deserve um, it. But but yeah, um, so they win ten games. They won eight eight the year before, uh, eight and six, ten and five. After you know a bad second season, but we saw Leach had a really bad second season as well, or third season after uh, you know like there's there's those down years. Like he had a good first yeah. year and then a down year, and it's because maybe you're graduating some guys. But when he had his guys in there, they were good, and and that's 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 the type of guy we're looking for. Um, obviously, the offensive identity. Uh, we're a spread school. We've been a spread school for a very long time. Um, even under Wolf, a- after his, by the time he, you know, by by the time his last year, they were running spread offense as well. So it's it's just that's that's who WSU is, um, and and it's actually you pointed it out to me, um, and you you wrote about it a little bit on Kook Center, but the roster. You probably couldn't have found outside of a true air raid coach like maybe Graham Harrell or someone, or Seth Luttrell. You probably couldn't find a guy who's who can bring in an offense that matches up with the roster as well as Nick Rolovich. There aren't very many people running offenses that use the kind of roster that we have, and uh, Nick Rolovich is maybe basically it. Uh, most other air raid guys have, have moved back toward incorporating some power run concepts, things like that. Uh, so they've got tight ends and and they do some things there. So it's, you know, in terms of a guy who is going to use this roster with its, you know, (laughs) you know, 20, 20 receivers and 20 linemen and, you know, all that good stuff. Uh, you know, Rolovich is that guy. And, and, you know, one of the reasons I think I didn't initially, uh, put a whole heck of a lot of stock in him is because I, I honestly just didn't know that much about him. And, and that's not, you know, that's not surprising given, uh, you know, that he, that he coaches in Hawaii, their games are on, you know, sometimes like, you know, even later than ours. Right. Um, and you know, his success was, was good, but not, you know, over the top good. And, when his name popped up, my first thought was, okay, yeah, I mean, that's normal. You know, guy at, you know, group of five school has a little bit of success. And so his name is connected with, um, you know, an open job at a power five school and at a power five school, that's kind of a, 
kind of a lower tier, you know, power five school. So, you know, it's it, those kinds of schools, schools like Wazoo and, you know, uh, you know, Arizona, Oregon State, whatever. They're typically looking at uh, coordinators and and group of five coaches. Right. And so, you know, Except I just kind of Oregon went, State just yeah. coached Gary Anderson. But. Yeah. Which was which. But was we later found out that Gary Anderson's a weird ass dude. And, and mm-hmm. that's why they were able to get him. Right. right. Um, and then and then Arizona with Sumlin, they're they're able to get him because they're because Texas A&M is still, you know, paying him, you know, $3 million a year, $4 million a year to right. that coach. So, yep. um, so most of the rest of us down here, uh, you know, we hire guys that, that were coordinators, you know, Justin Wilcox was, was a coordinator, you know, Cristobal, Grant Cristobal had head coaching experience a while ago. And, and I know Oregon's not really on our tier, but anyway, the point is, <laughs> you know, we're typically associated with guys like Rolovich and I went, okay, that makes sense, whatever. And, and then I looked at him and I thought, you know, I, you know, actually <laughs> this guy checks a heck of a lot of boxes. Um, you know, uh, something that I've, a piece of writing I've been working on that I won't dive too deep into, but, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a firm believer in, in the idea that programs have personalities. And if you stray too far from that personality, you're really kind of asking for it. Um, you know, and WSU has a history going back, you know, 40 plus years of, you know, really like almost 50 years of, you know, wide open, you know, passing based offenses that, you know, are, are designed to, to move the ball and, and, and get a quarterback back there, strong armed guy who can fling it all over the field. And, um, this is, you know, this is part of our DNA. And, you know, when you stray too far from that, uh, you know, I think any program, you know, is really kind of asking for trouble. And, and the more I looked into Rolovich, I went, yeah, he totally fits that. He's, he's a little bit of a character, which is cool. Uh, you know, he's, he's had success at a program for a few years, which I think is important right now, because I, I wasn't, 100% sold on the idea of hiring a coordinator to take over a program that was in a, in really good shape. Um, you know, because you just, you want to make sure you're building on what's already there. And, and I think Rolovich right. really, uh, checks all those boxes and, and, and I'm excited, you know, I mean, maybe this is just sort of a side thing, but you know, you, you at some point certain things get a little bit stale and, and, you know, not that I wanted Leach to go away cause I definitely didn't, but, you know, you know, you learned all about the air raid. We knew we knew it kind of backwards and forwards and, you know, we kind of knew what to look for and what to see. Well, now, you know, we get to learn a new thing and that's that's pretty cool, too. Yeah, obviously, the air raid was fun this year because we kind of saw it operate differently. Um, it's the last two years. We kind of saw different elements and, and, and a, like last year it was with the a mobile quarterback and then this year with just more explosion. But uh, still, it was the same offense. And, and the same routes and the same everything. You yeah. know, Leach, Leach didn't throw in many wrinkles over his time. And typically when he did, it didn't work and he got rid of it. So, right. um, you know, the shovel pass was a, a rare occurrence. The, worked for the like pop, a year. The pop pass never <laughs> yeah. worked. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. So, um, but yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, I'm excited um, just to, I, I, I'm really excited. We've been watching these kind of air raid variants where you have mobile quarterbacks and things like that and you kind of get a little jealous you're like up until this year at least when when wsu's air raid finally got real explosive but you're kind of like watching these uh teams like baylor and and uh you know west virginia with uh um with years and years ago um with dana and and even with houston this year and 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 uh it is it's just like oh, we could do that like we could they 
it's not that like mobile quarterbacks are not like to find the elite ones like Tua are are hard, but you can still find mobile guys. Like we found a high three star mobile guy that would fit per- obviously fits perfectly in this offense. Um, the guys we other guys the older guys we have in the roster who knows like uh, we know they're athletic, but we don't know if they're that doesn't mean you're a mobile quarterback obviously right, right. um but it, just to have a new element to watch and and it's cool how he incorporated that into the run and shoot um and it's gonna be fun to yeah it's gonna be fun to go to spring ball again and, and just kind of watch a different offense and all that like it's gonna be uh yeah it's gonna be fun and and he seems like a like a fun uh character uh not to the level of leech where they're just going to be asking him nonsense like in every <laughs> presser but like right the point where he's probably going to be a a pretty uh f- you know fun guy to watch on the sideline and and he'll, he definitely has like a you know like like a style he's got that logo that he brought with him that they adapted to with the wsu logo like so he's got he's got a little trademark to him you know and um it, so i i don't know I, th- I i think it's fun he seems like you know fun fun guy and and he i i i'm excited to see his press conference on thursday i have a feeling he's really excited about this much like kyle smith was um even because you get a guy he's leaving his alma mater even as resource poor as they were i'm sure that's difficult and he's is getting a and we could talk about this he's getting quite a raise Um, (laughs) yeah he is so the the what the report we've seen is uh, uh nearly three million now uh is that higher than you expected? And do you even care? <laughs> uh, yes and no. So those are my answers. It's definitely a bit higher than I expected. I figured he'd command maybe like two and a half, um, you know, on, on the high end, uh, you know, but I, I I'm going to guess this. it's probably like 2.75. Well, that's the thing. So yeah. like when you say, you know, when, when it was written, you know, nearly 3 million, it's like, okay, so that sounds to me like an, like that, like his source was his agent. Like Pete Thamel's source was his agent, uh, Ramovich's right. agent, because right. the agent, of course, wants to make it sound like it's really good, right? Five year deal, nearly three million. Okay, so Thamel goes five year deal, nearly three million, and if it comes out that it's two seven five, and see, so I think that you know it's 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 basically worked, I think, because uh, all of we have a significant portion of our fans who are freaking the heck out about paying him three million dollars. Um, and it might be, you know, two and three quarters, right? And if it's two and three quarters, all of a sudden he's, you know, in the bottom half, squarely in the bottom half of, of salaries in the Pac-12. Uh, if it's three, like 2.9 or three, then he's basically about the median. So uh, so to answer your second question, no, I don't, I don't give a shit, man. Uh, if it's the right guy, you know, make sure you get him. Don't lose, you know, how many, how many times do we hear about a school losing a guy because they tried to nickel and dime him on the contract? You know, right. and it's like if your guy is your guy, then go get your guy and pay him, you know, a competitive wage and get him in there. You know, and if he's as good as you think, then he's going to pay back that value many times over. And in the end, honestly, it's not my money anyway. <laughs> you know, yeah. spend away, WSU, spend away. And, and if you're a kook who's worried about, you know, coaches leaving us, well, the, a good way to start off yeah. on the right foot with a guy and, and build some build some loyalty is to value him or value him or her. How do you you say we believe in you? Like, and and then be like, uh, we're not going to pay you that much. Yeah. We believe (laughs) in you, but 
here's here's this you know contract that you know what I mean just if you believe in the guy believe in the guy and if you got to pay him a little bit more than what you thought then pay him a little bit more than what you thought make sure you get the deal done make sure you get your guy and it's like okay so I mean let's just say this like when I looked at most lists it was Harson, it was Grinch, it was Rolovich. Like I saw those top three all over the place. Okay, so let's say you go to Rolovich and you're like two million, and he's like, hey, yeah, mm, you know, I'm I'm gonna need a little better than that to to leave Hawaii. I know I'm not making much of Hawaii, but uh, you know, I this you know, it's Wazoo, it's whatever. Like I, I I'm just gonna need you to do better than that. Nah, two two million is what we got. Well, I, I know you, you know, you paid your last coach, you know, you're, you're going to pay your last coach $4 million. So I, I know you've got it. Yeah. But we just think you're worth 2 million. Right. And, and I know it's hard for like, you know, people like you and I and other fans to wrap our brains around that because so much money. Yeah. We, <laughs> you know, we are never going to make that much money in our life. I mean, over our lifetime, sure, but not, uh, not in a single year in our lifetime. Right. And so it's hard for us to kind of wrap our brains around that and be like, okay, but really you have to go, okay, so how does that, how does that feel? Well, we really like you, but you know, I mean, you just, you know, it's better just to, to say, Hey, we like you. Um, here's a fair salary. If the guy comes in and says, I need three and a half, it's like, eh, you know, that, do, I mean, that doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, 3 million, two, seven, five, you know, yeah, that's in the ballpark of a competitive pac 12 wage. And if, if that's what it takes to get the deal done and everybody feels good because that's actually important that everybody feels good. I know, you know, fans like to be like, well, it doesn't really matter. It does matter. It does matter. You know, you need pe- listen, how many people work in a place where they don't feel valued and how shitty does that feel? Right. Like I've been in that position. It sucks. It absolutely sucks. So to get on the right foot, like you said, have everybody feeling good you know, there's value in that. And, you know, the other thing is, this is something I'll throw out too. I, I'm really curious to see what the buyout is because I think there's a chance maybe they paid him a little higher salary in exchange for a higher buyout in the end. Um, you know, because sometimes a coach will say, okay, you're only going to pay me this much, but now my buyout's going to be, you know, half a million dollars or whatever. And, you know, so if I succeed on, you know, on your bargain basement price, then I get a chance to jump um, there's, there's a lower barrier to me jumping to a bigger job. And so, you know, maybe WSU did a little bit of a trade-off with, with, you know, a $2 million buyout or something, um, that, you know, maybe offsets the, the higher salary. I don't think it's that high, but you know what I mean? Like, a, like a higher buyout yeah. to, to justify maybe paying him a little bit more in the end. Yeah. And, and I know some fans, I, I've seen some consternation over the 28 and 27 record. Uh, but he That's was only silly. there. He was there four years. One of the years was three and nine. That was the second year when he's trying to rebuild the team. If you look at Leach, it took Leach a long time. He's 55 and 47 when he leaves, and he's only even in Pac-12 play when he leaves. Like right. a- after those last, those four, that four-year stretch where they won 39 games, like he had to dig out of a hole where he went three and nine, six and seven, three and nine. Like he he had to dig out of that hole. It took, I remember it taking him a long time to get back even. Because you're like, ah, like after nine and four and eight and five, and I think he's still had a losing record at yeah. that point, and you're just like, man, like, and we know he's like, better than that. Hell. So, like, yeah. every, every broadcast they show us over our record, you're like, don't show that. Like, that's stupid. And it's the same with Rolovich. Like, he, Hawaii was in a bad place when he showed up. He actually, you know, got a bowl game out of him the very first year, but, yeah. you know, you, you have that next year uh, where they, it just, when you're trying to institute, but then the, what happened is after that three and nine, one and seven season in 2017, 
he said, we're changing this offense. Like we're, we're doing something different. And that's when he switched to a run and shoot, which was uh, offense that no one was using. Like <laughs> uh, no one was using run and shoot variants really. Um, and they, they switched to the run and shoot and instantly eight and six, five and three in conference, 10 and five, five and three in conference, go to the conference championship game, uh, win your bowl game. Um, so yeah, like it's a winner bowl game over uh, BYU, I think. And so, yep, it's, um, obviously it's a home game, but whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, but, but still it's, it's. There, there, there's context to that 28 and 27 record. I get it. It's a, it's a, it's a Mountain West school 28 and 27 record. And, and if that's all you're looking at, I know you're not going to be impressed. But you have to look at what happened, and you have to have yeah. some context. Is where the best football came when he had been in the program for three plus years, and when he had installed the current offense that he runs. Yeah, the and offense so, made a huge trajectory upward yeah. uh, in the last two years after he re-put that in. And, and it's worth noting, like. You know, he didn't just, you know, willy nilly decide we're, you know, we're going to be a run and shoot team. Um, You know, Hawaii's history with the run and shoot goes back, uh, you know, to June Jones. And, you know, they've they've had some of their, you know, most their their biggest success, you know, doing the run and shoot. And by the way, he ran. Rolovich played. He was the run and shoot quarterback under June Jones. So uh, so that's what he that's what he knew. And and he was, you know, Greg McMacken ran the run and shoot when Rolovich was his offensive coordinator. And then, of course, Rolovich goes off to Nevada where he's the. You know, he sort of learns about the pistol and basically runs the pistol for four years, which is kind of wild because that's a really different offense yeah. than, than the run and shoot. And so it, what was interesting to me was, you know, it basically came back to Hawaii and, you know, really sort of seemed to lean more toward a lot of pistol principles. And I don't know, you know, somebody smarter than me, Brian Anderson or Jessica Cena or whatever, going to dig, you know, maybe more into this, but at least philosophically seemed to lean more toward the pistol and in after a couple of years he was like you know what this isn't working i'm not satisfied with this you know and, and of course that comes on the heels of you know his worst season he's like it's just kind of not working and he even describes that he was going for balance right the the, the mythical you know 50 50 balance right yeah. and he finally just went you know what forget it we're, we're going back to air raid and of course he did or going back to run and shoot and he did that after talking with mike leach and talking with dan hawkins and decides you know what i just got to be me and of course it's it's taken off to the point where uh this past year his offense was number 30 in s&p plus and that's that's really good like that's well, where talk, go ahead well it, so when you talk about their number 30 s&p plus offense when you look at total yardage and all that stuff, they were like in the top 20s and stuff. Obviously, it's adjusted for um, competition and that stuff. But they also beat two Pac-12 schools this yep. year. Um, yep. They they had one less Pac-12 win than WSU. Um, <laughs> and, and they, they had an easier time with Oregon State than we did. And they scored more points against Utah. <laughs> yeah. And um, gained but, more yards and, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. But, but so – these are with recruiting classes that are in the hundreds rankings. Right. Right. And, and, and Zane wrote about it um, today on Kook center. And I highly encourage you to go look at both of his uh, interactive uh, graph posts. Um, but basically WSU under Leach was outperforming their recruiting classes better than anyone. Um, and that's exactly what Rolovich was doing. Yep. 
So obviously we want a guy that's going to recruit better, but Hawaii, it's just so hard to gauge how well someone recruits at Hawaii because they don't have facilities there. And so even the kids that are in Hawaii, and there are a pretty decent number of good recruits in Hawaii, they don't go there. They go to power five big schools. Most of the the good recruits leave the island. Yeah. Like, for example, our quarterback <laughs> recruit. Yeah, so, yeah they, they, I think of the top 30, and they they had a lot of, like, uh, they had a almost, a, I think, eight or nine four-stars or so in Hawaii, which is, like, more than Washington. Yeah. Um, but uh, but they, of that, um, none of them, like, I think the, the highest one that went to Hawaii was, like, 14 or something, and then they had one other in the top 30. Uh, but other than that, like, it's they that just shows you how bad the resource is because obviously yep. Hawaii is a you know like if you grew up there and then you can you don't like you probably love that weather like and you know but uh, these kids are going to big the Big Ten and they're going to Pullman and they're going yeah. to like cold places yeah I mean we see. had two Hawaii recruits at one point um, Gilman obviously decommitted and and went elsewhere but. You know, at one point we had to <laughs> from Hawaii coming to Pullman. Yeah. So. so, yeah. So it's not it's not an easy place to recruit. Um, there's also the point of uh, I, I believe I saw somewhere that he had like just over a million dollars for the, the entire def- the entire staff. Right? Yeah. And WC was playing paying Tracy Clay's, I think, eight hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, something so, like that. So if you if you think like WC is paying their defensive coordinator, and we talked about like Brent Venables at at uh, Clemson was making like one point two million this year. Right. So, but right. that was but that was what for every single offensive and defensive staffer plus chief of staff, whatever. Like that's everyone. You have one point two million, and he's yep. going to have at least triple that at at WSU. Yeah, to, to I mean we were coaches. at we were at three and a half. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a pretty decent guess that that goes up a bit. Um, I would given, hope so. you know, just, yeah. And just, you know, doing the, you know, the, the math on, you know, Leach's departure. I mean, you're, you're not going to pay a $4 million salary. You're not going to pay a $750,000 bonus. And then you are going to collect two and a quarter million dollars from Mississippi state. So that's, you know, that's 7 million bucks that basically you have cash on hand um in your budget that you were planning on spending on a football coach right plus well you know plus the buyout so um and now you know three million whatever the hawaii buyout was right which which was uh, i believe i want to say a quarter of a million dollars i think that's right yeah so okay so less that you're talking six and three quarters and then less whatever his salary is which is you know let's just you know just put a round number on let's put three on it so that leaves, you know, three and three quarter million, you know, surplus of what you expected to have. And so, you know, do they take and, and I would love this, you know, take a million of that and put it into the assistant pool. And all of a sudden your assistant pool is now, you know, four and a half million instead of three and a half million. Which and is what go, we've we've seen at places like Oregon and, and Arizona yeah, State. Arizona and State. Yep. 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 And it's successful. You know, it's I, I have long thought and, and when I say long. I say like for like five years, you know, thought that, you know, the assistant pool was a place where you could maybe take advantage of a little bit of a of a market inefficiency. Right. Instead of giving all the money to the head coach. Right. Um, that's obviously less than what it what it was. Uh, you know, more and more schools are kind of going that direction. Um, 
unless they have a superstar coach, they're saying, okay, look, the, we're going to pay you this, but we're also going to give tosh, you the post Tosh era. Exactly. We're going to yeah. give you, you know, this much money so you can hire all your, you know, hire really good assistants. And look, if, if they, you know, if you got great assistants, then everybody's going to win and you're going to make more money in the end. And, um, you know, obviously it's worked out for Oregon, you know, taking half our assistants from, yeah. uh, from Leach's staff. So yeah, Oregon just picked, yeah. picked us clean of all, all of our best assistants. And it's like, cause they I can mean, pay them more and they, they're at Oregon too. So. Even if you add a million to the to the assistant pool or something like that, um, that still gives you you know approximately two million dollars towards you know closing the budget deficit. Like like you can you can accomplish a lot here, um, getting the right coach and increasing the assistant pool and you know maybe you know paying down uh, some of that deficit. You know I mean all of that together is just it's a, it's a really good situation and I and I don't know that there was another coach out there where you'd be like, well, maybe we should have spent, you know, $4 million on a coach. Like, I just don't, I don't know where, I don't know who that guy well, is well, that, yeah, I would, if, that I would have wanted. If you're paying, if you're paying Rolovich 2.75 to three, what are you paying Harson? Like 3.5? Sure. Three and a half, probably yeah. something like that, you know? So there, so. yeah, there wasn't, and, and, and I guess Harson would probably be the highest paid coach that we were looking at like realistically yeah i would think grinch would probably command something like that too or he would he would at least ask for something like that yeah because he's probably making a pretty good salary at oklahoma uh, yeah i mean i'm sure he's over a million there um and then the other thing is you know so when i hear the the kook fan report about hey he declined an interview you know i mean that stuff is you know it can be real dicey anyway um you know that could be a uh, he could be declining because WSU and his agent already talked numbers a little bit just to feel each other out. And, you know, WSU says, yeah, we're looking at a salary in this range. And, and his agent goes, nah, we're not coming to Pullman. We're even thinking about coming to Pullman for less than this. And everybody just goes, okay, it's not going to work. And they move on. So you know, it, it's tough to know. It, it's tough to know how those things go down. And, you know, it wouldn't shock me if, if, uh, if Grinch was like, Hey, if, if, if I'm coming back to Pullman, um, a place that's, you know, obviously rumored that he maybe doesn't necessarily want to be, uh, you know, that, that they're going to have to pay him to make him make it worth his time. And, you know, so anyway, I, you know, I, I think back to Rolovich, you know, checks all the boxes, does all the right things that you want. And, and I don't know that with an extra million dollars, you get anybody else that feels better than this. Well, and, and if you're worried about the defense, which is a, a legitimate worry. Whatever. Defense can um, be fine. Because their defenses are pretty bad at Hawaii. But, but here's <laughs> really, the thing. Really that, that's, bad. You know, when you're looking at the a point of, like, he had $1.2 million to hire his offensive and defensive yeah, staff. It's insane. I'm, sh- I'm sure he was investing more in the offense. you got to look for what, what you can do. And, and, and what, you're paying those people to live in Hawaii. In Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy yeah in honolulu like it's not cheap yeah no um, it's insane uh like even him making six hundred thousand there probably wasn't like yeah no he wasn't i mean he was he was he was he was well he was well well taken care of well off but but not rich yeah but now can you imagine that like i've so i've gotten like a four like i think my last job change i got like a 40 percent raise yeah but but we're you know in the tens of thousands here right uh but you're going from six hundred thousand to now you're a legit millionaire <laughs> like you're, you're a millionaire and you're still living in pullman 
which is yeah, you're living in Pullman, not like, Hawaii. Your, your house is the most expensive house in Pullman is like I don't know six hundred thousand dollars or something. Right. <laughs> like it's you're good. It's you're probably just yeah. You're probably buying Mike Leach's house probably. And uh, yeah, it's I don't know. Hopefully his wife likes Pullman. That's our yeah. that's our main problem. The wife. I know. I know. Uh, Alex Grinch's wife, everyone says, didn't like Pullman. I don't yeah. know. Tony Bennett's I, wife didn't I like know. Pullman. You know, it's, I mean, look, it, those of us who went there, we love it, right? Obviously, we love it. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's, it, I, I can see where it's a bit of an acquired taste and maybe not for everybody if you didn't go there. I think you know, Leach I can, liked I can definitely it. see that. I think well, Leach yeah, liked it. Psh, Leach from Wyoming, man. Like yeah, he, he like, walked to work like he don't three care. miles or whatever he did. Like, yeah. He liked it, right? He's just like, whatever, you know, and, and so, yeah, that that does not surprise me at all that he was, you know, that he was cool with it. And, um, you know, hopefully Rolovich seems like a down to earth dude. I mean, I have spent more time than you can fathom learning about Nick Rolovich over the <laughs> over the last like four days. Uh, I spent my whole weekend writing Rolovich stories, uh, as some, as, as many people noticed, um, when the hiring was announced and we bombed the site with like about four stories right away. Um, so yeah, I've, I've, you know, he seems like a down to earth dude. Um, you know, just, just kind of a conservative down to earth guy. He'll fit right in, in Eastern Washington. That's for sure. Um, and people, people are going to love him. They, they really are. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty I'm I'm excited for the hire. I I I think uh this is very um like Chun runs these things well and I'm glad it was him doing this and not not his predecessor cuz I think we'd have would have ended up with just some big name retread. Um would if, we have gotten was, like who who's who's the big name retread we would have gotten? Jim Mora? You know, yeah, uh, probably Bilotti or someone like that, you know, like, yeah, Bilotti's too old though. He didn't really want into that. Um, a funny man. name that, a funny name that I heard that tried to throw his name into the ring here was Jeff Fisher. <laughs> oh man, I could have totally seen that. Um, could you imagine that? I you know, totally, that's, you that's know, that's what Bill Moose would have done. Oh yeah. That's a total Moose Something like that. So yeah, but I, I don't I saw know. Someone, Although maybe we're. I saw being someone unfair. comment. I saw, I saw someone comment. Can't go seven and nine, but okay. Let's okay. You say maybe we're being unfair, but the, I mean the he Mike did hire Leach. Yeah, but so. what's the what's the equivalent of that? Like I'm trying to Le- think. Right Leach now. was such a unique situation where you True. had this very Absolutely. successful coach who, who was, was still fairly young, still fairly, still fairly young, young and, and unemployed for weird reasons. Super Which, weird reasons. Yeah. And like that that was the leech situation was the weirdest thing. And and, and it's funny because like Leach's initial sal- salary and obviously we're eight years out will be like roughly the same as Rolovich's. Less. So less, less. yeah. I think it was like yeah, two I think I, five. Yeah, I want to say it was two it was and a four, quarter. Four year yep. eleven million, I want to say the first. Yeah, it was something like that. And and at that time for us it was like, oh my God what can we pay that right <laughs> like like can we do that we don't we don't pay co- i mean what was uh, what uh wolf was making six hundred thousand six hundred thousand right six hundred thousand yeah and we we went and went and got mike leach and yeah that that always i mean that was so. obviously a great hire that was moose's uh crowning yeah. achievement yeah of course that and, no, and that and that and helping secure uh getting everything built 
all the capital that yeah projects. and helping secure um uh equal equal uh payout for all pac-12 schools even us little ones in pullman yeah um but anyway so i i don't know i just i just don't think this is a hire that moose would make I don't think so either, and I don't because think Kyle. He wants, I don't think Kyle Smith is either. So he, he wants a name or something, you know. Like I mean, he hired Ernie. Kent. He wants his sizzle, right? His sizzle. I mean, he thought Ernie Kent was sizzle, but that's <laughs> what he thought. Leach was definitely sizzle. Was <sighs> definitely. Sizzle oh there. my god! Like I was, I was kind of reflecting on that uh, over the last couple of days, thinking about like just how batshit crazy that whole thing was, and just how over the moon we were. Um, about him and signing, like, like just hiring him and, you know, can you believe this? I mean, I just remember it was so, just so bonkers. And even now it still seems kind of surreal. I mean, it's, it's hard to remember just how insane it was to think of, uh, little old Wazoo, right. Hiring a guy with, with that kind of name and that kind of cachet and, um, you know, and what was funny was, you know, over eight years or so, it kind of became, uh, you know, normal that Mike Leach was our coach, right? To the point Mike where Mike Leach was Wazoo. He yeah, was Wazoo. Yeah, like, like Mike you Leach know, was Wazoo. to the point where some of our fans were, you know, getting a little tired of him, and, um, and you know, and I don't blame him uh, in the sense I mean, that because he very much was the face of the school. Yeah, and and you know, and things get stale. There's no doubt about that. Like like there is a shelf life to most coaches. And so when we're talking about um, a coach, especially when you're not like reaching the highest highs type thing, right? Like if, like if you're winning, ex- if you're winning championships, then yes, you don't get stale. But fans expect linear, you know, lin- linear improvement, right? Yep. They expect if you're on an upward proje- trajectory, they expect that trajectory to continue. And when a coach kind of hits a what appears to be maybe a little bit of a ceiling. Um, people get impatient no matter what the success is. And I think, you know, you and I are in agreement, you know, if Leach had wanted to stick around forever, we would have been cool with that. Um, but the reality was there were a lot of fans that didn't feel that way. That were like, Hey, you know, we, we need to take the next step. How do we get to the next level? How do we win pack 12 championships? We can't do that with Leach. And, you know, it got to a point where it was like, even you and I who were like, yeah, like he can stick around forever. This is fun. I like winning games, you know, more, more than I lose. Like, this is cool. Um, you know, I think even you and I can understand where that sentiment comes from. Like, I, I didn't understand Absolutely. some of the vitriol, like people who were angry about it. Like, I, I never understood that. But well, and I, I think, yeah, I think yeah. it's uh, because uh, there's a lot of kooks that have memories of going to the Rose Bowl. Like, it's sure. I mean, it's like it's, it's possible. Like, it's possible. And, it, you know, it's coming up on 20 years ago almost, but it's still oh, possible. It's crazy. Um, but. And, and because, and I think part of what worked against him is that he was so close a couple of times. Um, and, yeah. and it was that, that, that school in Seattle that, that prevented it uh, three times in a row. Right. Um, and you and I look at that, by the way, and go, okay, but they were so close. Like, like they just need a little a couple things to go different and we're good. And so if Mike Leach sticks around, but I, I we'll I probably you, break through at some point. But, but I, I don't know if I thought that, actually. Oh, that's how I felt. Okay, maybe you didn't feel that way. That, that is I, how I, I don't felt. know. Like, I, I kind of felt like the... Like, I'd rather take my chances. I'd rather continue on the course we were going, take my chances that we're going to break through well, at some point. I, I would say... Like, then make I, a change. I, I wouldn't... I would, I'd be fine with continuing on the course we were going because it was fun. And But I, I really just... I, I mean, Leach went to a couple Cotton Bowls at Texas Tech, but the Cotton Bowl was not one of the major 
bowl games when he went to the yeah. Cotton Bowl. It was yeah, a major true. bowl game, but it was not one of the BCS bowl games. Yeah. And then, uh, so it is now one of the you know premier bowl games. But back then, it was it was a major bowl game. Like it, you'd have to be like a you know second or third in the Big Twelve or something to get to it. Um, but but it was it, it, it he never he's never been to a BCS bowl or a college football playoff. Uh, New Year's Six Bowl and he's coached a lot of years at this point and he's been very close a couple times but has has, has just had these games where the, his team has faltered um, obviously after that huge Crabtree touchdown win over Texas in 2008 they got their asses kicked by Oklahoma <laughs> yep um, and, and we obviously saw you know multiple years where we got big wins and then get our asses kicked by UW and, and, and then it ends. And so, so at some point you're just like, I don't know, maybe there's just something to it. Like his ceiling is the Alamo bowl or next year, you know, the Vegas bowl or LA bowl or whatever. And, and, and like, it's, it's, it's not, you know, where we want to be. Like, even if we kind of felt like we deserved a, like a Fiesta bowl bid last year, but um, because of contractual obligations, we couldn't get one, but um yeah it's it's uh, it's just it was eight plus what do you had 10 years at texas tag 18 years 10 years eight of, years yeah yeah uh, so 18 years of winning football he, he didn't miss he went to a bowl game every year at texas tech he missed it twice at wsu and but still couldn't get to that you know that peak and sure. obviously if if w if wsu was still in the pack 10 um, I think uh, there would have been a year possibly that they could have had, got one of those uh, three-way ties that we're so good at and, and gotten to a Rose Bowl. But um, obviously <laughs> the, the Pac-12 changed that. Um, yeah. And But yeah, it's because uh, uh, we do have a co-Pac-12 North Championship from 2018. That is if true. If you remember. That is true. Um, but yeah, I don't Print know. the shirts. But yeah, okay. So... I don't know. Uh, that's enough about Leach. I Probably think. too much Leach um, talk. Um, but anyway, so but anyways, to the point where I don't know. Like now with Rolovich, it's just like we don't know. Like I, I think he's good. Um, I think he is good enough to not tank anything. Uh, I do. I wouldn't be surprised if there was uh, some growing pains. And I mean, he's got Utah at Utah state and Houston at home to start off next year. It's not a soft landing. Not at um, all. And uh, so it's, he, he could easily take WSU to a bowl game next year and then build them up. It, you know, to, to the way to the what he wants and he could make great hires um and that that'll be huge what we saw under leach is his second round of staff is really when wsu kicked into gear yeah so hopefully we get those great hires to off right off the bat and, yep. and we kind of keep this thing going but i i you still kind of get this feeling like okay we we saw the ceiling with leach maybe rolovich is his hire he's only 40 he's a young coach um he's got growing to do um we don't know he he doesn't even know exactly who he is yet but he's, he still clearly knows how to run a program so um he still has he could be better like he could end up being a, a great coach and and hopefully he can you know 
take, you know, burst us through that ceiling, that Pac-12 North ceiling, that purple colored ceiling, as we talked about. Last yeah. Week. Yeah. That, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, it, I, my personal opinion is we are, we are much more likely to go back to, you know, seasons, the occasional three and four win season than we are to continue with uh, what Leach had done. But you know, I, I, I feel really good about Rolovich being the kind of guy that, that can continue it. And, um, you know, some of the fun is, is kind of figuring that out. And, and you know, people are people are going to be, I think, happy with the stylistic change because I think that uh, people who fancy the passing attack are still going to feel pretty good because there's still going to be lots of passing. Um, and it's actually going to be uh a little more aggressive maybe than what um you know than what we've gotten used to with the air raid now we did just you know this last year get get blessed by an air raid offense that was actually pretty aggressive uh you know after you know a few years of something that was a little more conservative not that not that Minji was totally conservative but um you know we went from you know Falk who was very very conservative you know throwing lots of lots of short passes um th- this this offense is definitely looking more uh for the explosive play like that's that's definitely the goal of of the the run and shoot is is to hit that explosive play um and then people who have been wanting uh you know more running attack they're going to get it they're definitely going to get it and um, I don't know that it's going to be a. It's, I don't know that it's going to feel like a massive shift um, because I think what you're probably going to do um, is eliminate a lot of those very short passes, screens, and things like that that we've gotten used to that that sort of pump up those pass attempt totals. Um, you know, those are the kinds of things that you're going to see dropping out of the attack um, and replaced by by running you know running plays. So. Um, and not only that, uh, you know, Hawaii's number one running back only ran the ball about three more times a game than Max Borgie did uh, this year. So but their number two running back ran it about a hundred more times than. And that's uh, true. Than our number WAC's two. Is number two. So yeah, totally so. true on totally true on that. Um, and then of course you've got you know and then the quarterback is going to be um, is going to be a weapon uh, is going to be used as a weapon. So yeah, going to be really interesting. Um, and like I said earlier, that you know learning something new and. Um, and especially, I, I think it's really cool. Like a lot of offenses, you go, okay, well, what are they trying to do? And you're trying to learn it. Well, with the air raid, it's like, hey, this is what they do. You can learn it. Y- you know, the run and shoot is kind of the same. Like, like this is what they do, and you can learn it. So, so I'm excited to, to kind of figure that out more than, uh, you know, just kind of trying to piece together, you know, the, the hodgepodge of, of whatever influences an offensive coordinator had. It, it's really cool when they run a distinct system. And it's good for WSU. In yeah. any sport, when they yeah. run a distinct system, absolutely. Should right. we take a break? Well, maybe talk some hoops. Yeah, maybe talk some. If, beer. if we want to talk about growing pains, yeah, maybe talk, talk some, some beer. Talk some beer. Talk some hoops, and get out of here. All right, let's do it. <laughs> All right, we're back. Guess what? I just ate. Uh, a Rolo. A Rolo. I just ate a Rolo. I ate some to go night. to go with my Rolo because you you let me know that sometimes barley wines are called Rolos. Sometimes barley wines are described as having or Rolo described flavors. as Rolos. Okay, there having we go. Rolo flavors. Because oh, because that makes sense. That makes because sense. Because you often get that caramel vibe yeah, in yeah. the barley yep, wine, yep, and sometimes yep, you yep. can get some of that roasty malt goodness that gives you kind of that yep. chocolatiness. Yep. Um, yeah. So, uh, does yours? Do you, I know the what you're, you're drinking. drinking. 
Yeah. Um, so I am drinking uh, Coog Center approved and Coog owned brewery Skookum uh, yeah. barley wine. So I've actually drank a Skookum barley wine on this before, but this is a different one. All uh, right. Because Hollis loves to make him some barley wine. Um, so uh, the last one I was in ruins. Uh, this one is called Barren Wood. It's kind of the, their flagship barley wine that they release okay. every year. Um, uh, they changed the label this year. It's really cool. It's got kind of this barren tree and then a, a barrel that's kind of been worn. And uh, it's it's got some good Old West vibes going on. Hollis, uh, Hollis Wood is the brewer at Skookum. And Skookum is kind of the, the barley wine kings of the north of Maybe not the Northwest. What you're drinking, I would say, maybe the Kings of Barley Wine Kings of the Northwest, but um, in terms of volume. But uh, um, basically, he's they they released three different barley wines last fall, like <laughs> like within a month and a half. They released three and barley wine. I'm talking about barley wines that were aged over a year in bourbon barrels. They released Ooh. three in a row. That's a lot. And so, uh, the, like I've talked to Hollis, he loves making barley wines and uh that's his favorite style of beer um so i'm drinking barren wood out of a um barley wine is life glass uh so uh, you can see that on my twitter um and uh it's yeah it's definitely got the caramel notes i get a little rollo uh this is definitely a a thick boy um a, a delicious barley wine barren wood um there you know if you live uh on the like in the Seattle area, you might still be able to find a bottle of this kicking around um, at your uh, local bottle shop, but um, maybe not. But uh, yeah, this is delicious. Uh, I love everything that uh, Skookum does, but I especially love the barley wines. And Jeff, um, you actually, I've been okay. I know what the brewery that you have a beer from. Yeah, and I have been. I had been saving some beers to uh to kind of uh kind of uh pop your hair of the dog cherry <laughs> because they're such a they're so distinct like uh-huh. their beers are so distinct and and i and, I, and i'll let you describe the beer and see if you find some of the distinct qualities but like you got one of their kind of weird ones uh, it's definitely uh, weird um de- they it's definitely kind of a break from what they normally do but um go ahead and uh describe what your yeah. beer is so this is the uh hair of the dog and i don't i, I think it's probably pronounced maya m-a-j-a um yeah. vanilla it's maple a swedish name i think okay there we go uh vanilla maple bourbon barley wine <laughs> uh which is is an interesting uh combination it so, means pearl yeah there we go i like that so uh so yeah I'm uh I'm drinking this guy and and the vanilla definitely makes it a little weird. Um it's lighter in color I think than what what you'd expect. Um yes. definitely kind of a lighter flavor um than what you'd expect and and not um not really overly sweet which I've talked about before is is something I don't particularly care for. Yeah, um but this one is is more much more carbonated. And then the last one I had, which, you know, is kind of a, a texture, you know, I enjoy more than, than sort of more carbonated than the hair of the dog. Than than the last hair of the dog uh beer yeah. that I had. So that's that's the funny cause hair of the dog is um and I'll I'll share some with you sometime. Yeah. Uh, most of their strong ales, old ales. I mean they they have a bunch of barley wines, but they don't always call them barley wines. Uh um 
but they they're de- almost flat. But yeah, that Maha one is kind of oddly carbonated for yeah. them. Yeah. So, um, really Maya, good. Maya. And as as I was drinking it, I was like, okay, so there's vanilla, and am I am I am I like tasting some fruit? And so then I read the side of it, and it said uh, aromas of peaches <laughs> and pleasant memories of the past. In the mouth, pineapple mixes with marshmallow, maple, and whimsy. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's kind of what I was tasting. So does it say the uh, uh, collaboration brewery on there? It does. It's uh, Omnipollo or Omnipolo. Yeah. Yeah, so they're a Swedish brewery. They're uh, known for, so yeah, that's, what is it? Maple, bourbon, vanilla, barley wine? Yep, vanilla, maple, bourbon. They're known for just hyping up like crazy shit in their beers. Like IPAs with all sorts of fruits and, and, uh, you know, stouts with all sorts of, like too much vanilla often, like and stuff like that. Um, So that's kind of what they're known for. And so I think when... um, they collaborate with hair of the dog who usually has these more kind of balanced tight like uh uh like generally uh nothing over the top in them type of beers um i i'm assuming the brewers at hair of the dog thought it'd be funny to like because even the 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 label on that thing is kind of out of control for them like usually it's kind of muted colors and that one you have is Right, it's like hot pink and and blue and stuff. If I remember right, it is. It is. It's kind of actually. It's kind of orange, like a very bright yeah, orange. orange. Yeah. yeah, but yes, and purple. There's some purple. You eating another so, Rolo yeah. there? I'm having another Rolo. Sorry, you asked me a question while I was eating my Rolo. <laughs> That's why I, did. I I was gonna eat Rolos during the podcast, but I I, I figured they're a very difficult thing to talk and eat with. It is true. Time. I was I was like, you know, I'm I'm just gonna like lean back and chew, and then you asked me a question. I was like, damn it, I had a Rolo in my mouth. So yeah, I, I haven't wine. had a Rolo. By the way, I've not had a Rolo in a long time. That's good. Like that's a good ass candy. I just I just want to point that out. I got some yeah. Rolos in my stocking this year, so I had had quite a few recently. Had a guy. Um, but I, w- I went to the Walgreens last night. That's a couple blocks from my house. And they had Rolo ice cream. So I got some Rolo Ooh, ice cream. And then that I got some big old really bags of Rolo. And, you know, I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready for I'm ready for Pullman this weekend. With my Rolos on the way. Ready. Yeah. So the beer's good. I like it. It's different. It's a little weird. A little weird. But I every dig- hair of the dog beer is a little weird. Yeah. I'm a, you know, I. I have not been disappointed yet, though. Like it's not. So, it's definitely not bad. It's definitely good. Hair of the Do- Hair of the Dog has been making barley wine type beers, barrel aged barley wine, other types of barley wine forever. Like for since the '90s, before anyone wanted to buy these things, and so they're kind of an OG. Uh, I definitely recommend uh, checking them out if you're in Portland. Uh, they're in an area with there's a few other breweries around there. Modern Times Brewery is really close to them. Um, they have a really cool kind of vintage bottle list, uh, so you can check out some of because so, a lot of their beer is better with age on it, and you can kind of check out some of their older uh, vintage beers yeah. and stuff. Definitely worth it. Um, I cool, kind of want to buy another because this is a 2019, so I kind of want to buy another one and then just throw it in the, you know, throw it in the closet for a year or two and see what happens. Yeah, I don't know. Probably good things. Yeah, probably. Anyway. I don't know. Right. Basketball. God damn really, it. A really, really shitty week for basketball all around. Ugh. Fuck. And, and by the way, right now I am watching uh, Malachi Flynn play for San Diego State against Fresno State on ESPN. 
Oh, fun. <sighs> Dude, how much more awesome would we be if we just had Malachi Flynn right now? Yeah, him, him with CJ would be quite a combo. Yeah, son of a bitch. God damn it, Ernie Kent. Damn you. Well, he did recruit him. He did, <laughs> but he pissed him off enough that he transferred out, so hooray. I don't yeah. know. But, yeah, anyway. really shitty weekend. Uh, shitty weekend. Cal- super shitty weekend. You guys heard us watching Cal during <laughs> yeah. the podcast last week. That was an atrocity. Yeah. Uh, Sorry for that, everyone. Just a defensive, complete meltdown. Yeah. Um. And CJ well, both, once again. Both games struggling. really had the same defensive issue. They just could not keep anybody away from the rim. Yeah, which is yeah, concerning. You, concerning, very concerning. Um, Stanford, uh, their bigs, uh, particularly, um, God damn it, De Silva just yep. destroyed them. Um, the only thing that kept that game from being worse in the second half when WC made their run is because De Silva. Uh, got in foul trouble, and then he came back in, and then they pushed the lead back out again. And then, obviously, uh, Stanford's point guard is very good. Um, and we had no to Tyrell Terry. He was very impressive. Um, and then, of course, their off guard, uh, I can't remember which guy it was, um, Isaac White, who mm-hmm. – no, not Isaac White. Was it Isaac White? Yeah, yeah. You're thinking, just, you're thinking of Isaac White. Yeah, he just just lit it lit it, lit us up. Like, yeah, and he wasn't very good. Like if you look at his stats now, they look pretty good. It's because he hadn't shot very much the entire year, and he was not very good. And then he just has the game of his life against WSU. Of course, um, we've gotten used it to was, that. It was it was it was a very vintage uh, last four years weekend that we had down in the Bay yeah, Area. Yeah, it was. Um, and it was very frustrating. It was right right down to the shooting where at Stanford we shot 12 of 27 from three, which is 44%. That's really good. Uh, we also shot 34.5% on, t- on twos. Uh, that's really, 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 really bad. bad. Uh, yeah, we just, you know, we struggle with size. We struggle with length. Um, Stanford's we knew you know you wrote the preview I mean we knew Stanford's defense was very 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 good yeah. uh, and, top and, 10 defense yep and that that definitely proved to be true and, and then I think there's you know to be honest um, I, I think it's worth mentioning you know Stanford started the year uh, ranked number 92 by Ken Palm uh, they're all the way up to 39 now uh, they're pretty damn good um, yeah. and, and I talked to uh, I actually did text a little bit with, with somebody close to the basketball program who said that, you know, they feel like, you know, Stanford's actually probably good enough to win the league. Um, uh, like De Silva and well. Terry are as good a combo as you have just leading leading the way. Like yep. De Silva is very impressive. Yep. And yeah, and they're, Terry they're awesome. Terry is so smooth for a freshman. Like it's like he's I don't know what his recruiting ranking was, but he looks legit right off the bat. Yeah, I mean he's shooting forty two percent from three. Uh ninety percent from the line. Yeah, ninety percent from the line. Not that he gets the line that much, but yeah, when he does but... get there he's nails. Uh three percent steal rate, high assist rate with a low turnover rate for a point guard. Um, you know, really high defensive rebounding percentage for for a point guard. Um yeah, he's just kind of doing it all. And uh 
you know, he'll, you know, he may not win the freshman of the year award in the, in the conference. Cause there's some really good freshmen. Uh, Arizona's got a couple, but, uh, yeah, it's, he, they're, they're really good. Stanford's really good. Um, you know, to improve from 92 to 39, uh, not, that's not a super easy thing to do. And their only two losses are to, uh, fourth ranked in Ken Palm anyway, fourth ranked Butler by one point on a neutral floor. And then, uh, and then they lost to the second ranked Kansas, uh, at home by about 16. So, uh, yeah, but other than that, legit. yeah, other than that, they, they've been, they've been doing very well for themselves and, uh, definitely a bit of a surprise to me, uh, that they, that they've played this well, uh, just because, um, you know, I didn't think, uh, didn't think much of Jared Haas as a coach, but, uh, he's, he's definitely proven me wrong and, and particularly their defense is fairly ridiculous. And you know, who had a, in their, uh, counterparts in the bay area had a great weekend in part thanks to us but also yeah how about that upsetting washington as well yeah you dub comes out oh and two just like the, us yeah it takes some of the sting out of the you know the like okay maybe cal isn't that bad but i think they are but it's just i don't i don't know like maybe at home because uh, they, uh, they bradley is legitimately good and yeah. They, we had a lot of trouble with him, but Paris Austin was the frustrating one. Like he has not been good and yeah. he was just getting to the rim at will, just at will against the Cougs. Um, yeah. I mean, this is a guy that shot seven threes all year. And I think one of the ones he made might've been against Tavisi, yeah. but, 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 but he shot seven threes all year. You know where he's going with the ball. And we, the, the Cougs just could not stop him. And it was very frustrating to watch. Um, there was a lot of guys on Cal, particularly those two, but uh, that just had really good games. And it just felt like it was partially WC's defense that was letting them have it. And, and that's really frustrating because um, we came off a, a weekend previously where WC just had a great defensive weekend. And then they come out and just get shredded by a really bad team on Thursday and then by a pretty good team. On, yeah. On they, you know, to be honest, I, I, I'm not sure how much of it was, was effort was tired legs was whatever. It looked to me like the, the effort maybe wasn't quite as strong. Um, and, and not yeah. that college kids are great at giving maximum effort at all times. Cause they're definitely not. So, uh, you, you know, it could have been some of that, but I, I definitely felt like there was, um, you know, that maybe they weren't, not not just not playing as well as they had been, but uh, maybe not as you know being as invested in in you know playing hard of every every minute of every game um, as they had been. So I think that's really the key for them, you know. And, and hopefully this this weekend is a little bit of a teaching tool for them um, because it's it's you know it's basically what we talked about uh, not not on last week's podcast, but but a, but a couple weeks ago. Um, where we talked about, look, you know, it's going to be a tough road right now. There, there's not a lot of there, – there are not a lot of soft games in here. That made that cow, cow loss hurt Yeah, that cow more. loss was, was difficult. Um, and the person I talked to, you know, close to the program, um, they, they sort of expressed the same thing. They felt like, you know, Cal was the one they should have had. And, and that's one they should have won. And, you know, they didn't. And so now, you know, again, they're facing, you know, Oregon – on Thursday, and Oregon is very, very, very good. Uh, probably the best team we've played all year. De- definitely the best team by Ken Palm ranking. Uh, and and 
you know, so certainly the best team we've played this year. Uh, Oregon State on Saturday for clay game. I suppose we'll talk about that. But, um, you know, Oregon State just beat Arizona, just just like whipped Arizona. Uh, granted that was at home and, and right now so far this year, um, home teams are having pretty uncommon amount of success, uh, in the conference. So, you know, maybe there's something to that. Maybe there's not, but, uh, Oregon state is certainly no, um, you know, no gimme. So that, like, that's going to be a super tough game. And then, and then you got Colorado, uh, and then you're playing Utah on the road and, and we know what happens, you know, know what typically happens there. So yeah. yeah WSU lost to, uh, <laughs> Utah once when they were, I think they were ranked in three hundreds. Yeah, at, so, on the road, so it's yeah, it's it's looking rough, and uh, you know maybe, you know that that's where losing to Cal really kind of bums you out, like like you were saying, because uh, the road is is so difficult after that, and uh, you know it really is, uh, you know the next team we play that's above even forty percent win probability is playing Arizona State at home. Um, and the only team the entire rest of the season that's above 50% win probability is Cal when we play them at home on February 19th. Uh, outside of that, uh, every other game except for that Arizona State game is under 40% uh, win probability for us. And we just found out Jalen Shedd is not going to be coming back this year. Yep. Yeah. So that's that's Tough, basically Tough. Two, out of, two out of your expected top six, I would yeah. say, in rotation. Out for the year, um, out for and the grad year. transfers. Like that's the other and thing. Grad like, you transfers, expect those guys senior to be major leaders. contributors. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So yeah, two out of top six. I don't know if Deion James would have started, but maybe he would have been off and on starter. But he, he definitely, definitely is been. like your first guy off the bench. Yeah. Like even so, if he's not a starter, because yeah. maybe positions don't fit together or whatever. Definitely so, yeah, a key got, cog. You got two of your expected top six grad transfers that you brought in specifically to be uh, key contributors and they're both done for the year potentially um jalen shed's not confirmed but uh kyle smith didn't sound too optimistic about yeah I'd, I'd be shocked if he comes back just just the way that it was that that smith was saying it like i like i i felt like he was trying to not like just be definitive that we're shutting him down but mostly being like yeah that that that's probably it's probably the end of the road and then you have Marvin Cannon's not been playing. Yep. Still been out. Uh, they've been getting some decent minutes from Ryan Rapp, uh, but, I, you know, uh, that, that he's been playing like five minutes a game, so you don't really know. Yep. Um, you know, they've, like, Noah Williams, particularly defensively, has looked very good. Um, but still, like, you're you're getting – it's two guys out of an eight ro- eight-man rotation that are that are out. And so now you're having to go, you know, luckily Tony Miller has been decent, but we saw this weekend that he can be taken out of a game pretty easily. Like he didn't do a whole lot. So um, it's, it's, uh, it's tough. Yeah. So he, he didn't even play against Stanford. He must, he was injured, I think. Um, But he didn't do much of anything against Cal. And uh, it was, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's rough that, um, you know, it in this season where the team is very much improved, and we've talked about it over again, but the Pac-12 has also improved every single team, and and maybe not every single, Utah is not better, but um, but then you you come in with like all these minutes that have been missed from key contributors Jalen Shedd and Deion James, uh, Marvin Cannon. 
and then even the the next guy up is missing a game so it's it's like okay you know maybe this just season is is doomed from the start and cj is struggling obviously uh he's he shot better from outside uh this weekend but he really hit what was his bread and butter early on in the season was getting to the rim and and he has not been doing that he's been missing a lot of fadeaway 15 footers um that even he was making earlier in the season so um he's definitely struggling um and not defensively i'll say like he's been tearing it up defensively but um otherwise offensively and he's clearly the most important offensive player that we have and and uh he's just having a rough time and uh yeah so it's just it it's it's kind of <laughs> all the optimism and, and excitement we had after the ucla uh, win is uh it's a bit down but uh clay thompson is coming to pullman on saturday hell yeah exciting. he is and stephen curry is also coming to yeah pullman. how about that now i'm like super pissed that i'm not going yeah jeff i got a damn empty God seat damn i don't it. know what to do with <sighs> if i wasn't I coaching got... basketball like that that's my issue i got a fourth grade basketball game to coach that i can't get out of i don't have an assistant coach i can't go away yeah i yeah yeah i have a just got an empty empty ticket jeff I don't shit know. I know. I don't know. Empty, empty Queens. I know. You had a hotel room and you had like the whole nine yards. Like I could have, you know, done this. And but yeah, you know, me and uh, Preston and I will just be. Uh, you know, drinking. you can stop. Now. We'll be we'll be drinking with Clay and, and you can stop at, now. At, at you can the, stop at Mike's or whatever, and and we'll be having a great time. What What are the odds that Clay does the the college town tour after this thing? Like like that he just is like yo, I'm gonna hit all the spots and. You know, everybody's going to – I don't know. Is he? Does he buy the drinks say, or does everybody buy the drinks for him? Like, Well, I mean, everyone's going to be drunk enough to be like, hell yeah, I'll buy you a drink, Clay. Clay, yeah. who is, you know, just signed a $180 million contract. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. And Steph, who also – but, like, yet yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know. Like, like I maybe it not. I mean, what else maybe, is he going to do in Pullman, though, right? I like, he's, they, like, he's, they, they he's just, definitely might, staying for the night, right? I don't know. Like he's not flying right back out. There's no way he's flying right back out. Maybe he is the one o'clock. No game. way. No way. He's sticking. Dude, listen. He loves Pullman as much as we do. There's you think, no. You think he's gonna take Steph Curry at? Maybe they'll get drinks at the uh, the the residence in bar. No way. He's gonna take him out. Come on. You have to. Clay's gonna be like, yo, let me show you Pullman. Go up to. You know, go up to Valhalla, take him to the Coog. I think Clay's. I think most of the athletes' spot is Mike's, so or Stubblefields. And just so, take him around. I think that's you know, where he'll show go. him around. Be like, hey, Steph, we'll show you a real college experience. I mean, Steph yeah. went to Davidson. Yeah, I'm sure Davidson doesn't have. <laughs> Hell no, it's Pullman. Come on, I think that's what's gonna happen. So make sure make sure you stake out. Make sure you don't look too creepy doing it, though. Well, I am. I think it'd be funny because I am taller than Steph Curry so. <laughs> by a lot, well, by, by an inch or two. No, inch or two. he's, he's like three. he's what? Is he really? Yeah, I think I he's six three. Uh, for some reason, I thought he was like six two, six one, but I could be like I, he's six three. Would not be the first time I was wrong. Only a couple I, inches. I think if he's Clay listed is, at six, I'll bet he's listed at six three, but isn't actually six three. 
I feel like the first time I saw Clay, he was shorter than me. But Clay's definitely like six freshman, seven. Clay's a legit six seven. He grew a couple inches in college. Yeah, yeah, he did. He definitely. But yeah. Did. But yeah, See, I don't know. I I, uh, I I it'd be cool if he just went around buying uh, drinks for all the college kids. That would you know, be cool. Be nice. How like like seriously like if I had that kind of money. Like, it'd be so much fun to just walk into a place you, like that and just be like, yo, I'm buying beers for everybody. Let's go. Do you think Clay has access to his funds now? Or I think he does. I th- <laughs> you, know, you think once you get the, once you get the, the max contract, once you sign the max contract, I think you actually get access to your own money. That's, that'd be my guess. That'd be my guess. I would hope so. Yeah. I think, I think Michael had to loosen up the purse strings there for his, uh, for his son. So. Yeah, I, I, I mean, if you were Clay, wouldn't you do this? Like, like well, honestly, what, what's a what's a round of drinks at the Coug? Like, let's imagine you know, a world where you can just much. buy drinks for everybody all night in Pullman. Do you do it? And the answer is, of course you do, right? Like you just open it. Like like you just said, how much would it be? Like if I just went, yo, open tab for the next hour. Like how much would that actually cost you at a place like the Coug? thousand bucks a couple thousand mm, bucks more than a thousand dollars okay a couple thousand bucks i mean say you just signed a 180 million dollar contract what's that that's nothing an hour at the coog people buying drinks constantly yeah well not the coog he wouldn't do it at the coog because all right uh, mike's double fields whatever because because i think i think i think like mike's or valhalla he could there could be a place where he could like stand away from people but that's not happening at the coog right at the coog he's getting crushed yeah, there's no way. Yeah. There's nowhere to go to stand yeah. away from people. But it doesn't matter. I mean, anywhere he goes, there's not going to be a VIP room for him to go into. So there's not going to be a, a a rope to to keep the uh, to keep the commoners away. Well, there might be on Clay Week. I mean, Maybe know. I don't know. Like, wouldn't that 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 would be funny? Like if uh, like his agent called ahead of time and he's got like a bodyguard and like uh, get the private room back here for Clay. Yeah, I don't know. Should be fun. I, uh, yeah, I'm excited for you, man. I, I, I wish I was going and, and it sounds like a blast. Yeah. You know, maybe we'll just hang out with Rolovich and, and clay. And I mean, they've Curry. got, they're definitely going to announce Rolovich during that game, right? Yeah. Like at some it. point, I, I don't know when, but maybe during one of the TV timeouts or something. Definitely. Cause I imagine they're doing the clay ceremony during halftime. So, yeah, I was thinking halftime or probably not before the game, right? I, I can't imagine they would do that because our fans are really terrible at being in their seats before the game. I'm just terrible at going to basketball games. Well, that too. Be pretty, that be pretty, too. We're going to have a pretty good crowd for this one. I, hope I, so. I would think so, man. People are pretty excited and um, should be tons of students one way or another. Um, that's, and you know, as you know, that's really what makes the difference. Like is, you know, the, the, the number of students and the energy they bring. So, yeah, I hope the student. That's good. what I think. I think there'll be pl- a lot of alumni there, um, but I, I think that the students. I, I hope that they. I, I, I'm guessing the students have a love for Clay. I would they, think so. You 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 watch because the Warriors have just been yeah. so prominent. Yeah. Um, and then you you watch them, and then someone's like, yeah, "He went to school at WSU." It's like, "Oh hell yeah!" Yeah. You know so. I don't know. I, I'm hoping I I see uh, you know some some a vintage student section. I hope so. Um, and that that'll be fun. Obviously, like no one knows what to do or what to cheer. They're just gonna you know <laughs> it's also do whatever. True. But 
uh, I, I remember that from Bennett's first year. Like, we're just like, oh no, let's just be loud, I guess. I don't know. Like, we usually just talk crap to the other players because they can definitely hear us because there's only 10 yeah. people in the building. Yeah. And then suddenly there was people in the building. But yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. Um, I'm super excited uh, to go to Pullman. I'm not excited to drive there. Nope. Never is, is all that far. exciting, but. No, uh, hopefully the especially hopefully the passes over. are okay for you. Yeah, glad I be. purchased that all-wheel drive Rav Four. Hell yeah, makes all the difference. Uh, yeah. Um, all right. Well, I don't know. Is there anything else? I don't know. Rolo. Yeah. Rolo. Should I eat another Rolo and chomp pretty, on it right into the microphone? It's a pretty damn good weekend, dude. It we is. We got a new coach. We got Clay and Steph coming in town. Yeah. Man. It's a lot of fun. Like We're, we're going to be handing Curry an uh, honorary WSU degree by Sunday morning. Yeah. We'll be like, hell yeah, you're one of us. Come on over here. You didn't go to a real school. Come on over to ours. It's all good. Yeah. yeah. What, what if What if Steph just likes it so much, like, they just like covertly come to Pullman. Yeah. To, to hang out. Totally. Like, random weekends. Totally. I'd be down with that. Oh, hey, one other quick thing that one of the sports related, quick sports related thing that I, I think we should point out. Uh, the basketball player best known as Bobby Buckets. Oh, of course. Bobby right? Buckets. Like, we got to point this out. Uh, so uh, her, her actual name is uh, Borislava Ristova. But she is uh, she is now the uh, second member of the two thousand point club in WCU basketball. And uh, the leading member. Yeah, well, joining Isaac Fontaine. I don't know that she's passed Ike in total points yet, but yes, she did. Did she pass him? Yep. Okay. All right. So she passed They're Isaac. They're making Fontaine. a big. I was I was watching their uh, their most recent game, and they were making a big point of that. They're yeah. Like you're the leader. I think it was during the UW game. She okay. So she she passed uh, Fontaine because they were like making a big cool. point of saying you're the leader of men or women. Yeah, points all time. Super cool, man. So and I was in school uh, when Isaac was there. Uh, you know, I watched his uh, his his march to pass Steve Padakis and and get to that two thousand point barrier. Um, of course, Clay would have Clay would have obliterated that if he'd stuck around for one more year, but he didn't. Uh, yeah, so that would have. Yeah, yeah, that would have been. He would have been. 2300 2400 points depending something like that so he would have ended up there but he didn't so uh you know isaac fontaine still the still the men's leading scorer but no longer the uh, basketball leading scorer that's now that's now the honor that belongs to uh bobby buckets and uh that's super cool and 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 she did it in seattle she did it in seattle against uw in a win in a win yeah an apple cup win how does that feel the Apple Cup series. Apple Cup series win. So yeah, so that's cool. Uh, women's basketball team is doing okay. They they start they've off had strong. Some big wins. They've had some big losses. Yeah, started strong. Kind of hit uh, that 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 stretch that they had in that tournament uh, where they played like three really good teams. Uh, seemed to seem to kind of throw them off the rails a little bit. Yep. But uh, but back on track with a win over UW, which is great. And uh, yeah, seemed to be heading in the right direction under Kami Etheridge, which is which is cool. And uh, yeah, watch women's so, basketball or something. So, so Clay had 733 points his senior year. His junior year, he, you mean? His junior year, and he yeah. finished with 
1,756. So, okay. Yeah, so he, he would have been he like might have hit 20, 2,500. He might have hit 2,500. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you if you figure he probably scores more probably, his senior year, probably goes to the tournament too. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> you and you and all the people who are going to be at that game on Saturday going like, yeah, but he never made the tournament. Oh yeah, you know I'll be like that. Yeah, uh, you never met tournament, Clay. There's gonna be, there's definitely gonna be some grumpy old people around you. They're gonna be like, and they won't say it like, but he never made the tournament. What they'll say is things like, "Man, imagine if he'd made a tournament." They'll they'll say it like that, right? Which yeah, is sort yeah. of the backhanded, you know, way of of criticizing uh, his college career. Definitely hey, his won, fault that he was surrounded by a bunch of chumps. He won three NIT. Yes. Yeah. Definitely his fault. He was surrounded by dudes who couldn't play that well, but whatever, whatever. Seven hundred and thirty-three points is that's a lot of points in one senior, year. Man. It was junior season. <laughs> so many points in one year. Yeah, last game of his career. You know, nice little uh, or last last Pac-12 game of his of his career. You know, nice 43. little forty-three. Last game of his dad. career was very bad. Yeah, that one was worse. Which let's not talk game. about that one. Yeah. That was not good. He didn't get a lot of help in that game. No. Nobody played well in that game. That was a bad game. That was a bad game. All right. What else? Anything else? We Uh, done? I don't know. I don't know. Nope. I'm good. Yeah. But I do want, uh, if you're listening, um, you're probably listening and you don't usually listen to all of them. Uh, But we would like if you subscribed. That's always Um, good gets automatically delivered to your device um we would like if you like it go ahead and rate us five stars on your service of choice particularly on apple because uh, that's what most people use um or spotify or whatever else you listen to it on yeah and leave us a comment if you want i, I like reading them it's fun people don't really leave comments that very uh, that often um uh, maybe we'll read some on the, on the air sure the, yeah the digital air yeah it's not really and, air but yeah you know, whatever um and uh if you want to send us an email podcast versus everyone that's vs everyone at gmail.com if you want to follow me on twitter to see beer pictures and the like at the craig powers and then if you want to follow mostly jeff hundred percent jeff actually at this point yeah um i i've actually refrained from even tweeting from it because jeff dominates it i can't ever stop twitter man i keep trying it's terrible yeah jeff gave up his five thousand twitter follower account to for like the the 300 300 twitter (laughs) follower account um but he I should have sold it. That's what I should have done yeah no shit man i should have made some money you gave up your influencer status i know I, I could have at, even probably gotten a blue check mark if I'd tried. Yeah. Yeah. He's at pod versus everyone. The picture, the cover photo is my daughter, but it's all Jeff all the time. Yeah. Stay for the, uh, come for the cougar takes, stay for the Donald Trump criticism. Yep. <laughs> We've moved that to the Twitter account. It's yeah. No on the podcast. <laughs> you know what? There there will be a point in the podcast where it's like, you know what? We need to talk politics again, but we're not there yet. I don't know. All we right. can talk politics now if you want. I don't want to. Okay. <laughs>
Go Cougs, Craig. Go Cougs.